It is great to uh, be with you tonight. It's great to see uh, more people here in this space, and we recognize that a good number of you are still at home or wherever, and that's quite all right. The point of it all is that we gather together, whether it's virtually or in this space, and we focus on the goodness of God and to really try to discover what the Lord would have for us in this time that we share together every week. Um, If you can uh, keep a little secret, actually, you don't have to keep this a secret, but we're super excited about this. So I'll let you in on the ground floor of some big news. We have our new website that will be launching in the next seven days or so. And so when you go to anchorboston.com, you're going to see a brand new website that we're so excited about. So I just wanted to get that word out and you can be checking it out sometime next week. Well, as we are here this evening, it's a music and prayer night, but it's also we're continuing our series on kings, national leaders in Judah and also in Israel from the Old Testament. And there's some really amazing principles, stories that come out of that season in history. And so tonight we're going to uh, be looking at a crisis and a king, a crisis and a national leader. It sounds a lot like 2020, doesn't it, this year, a crisis and a national leader. And what we're going to explore is what we can glean as we go to prayer, as we worship together in song in just uh, a few minutes. You know, crisis is a a real test for any person, no matter if they're a national leader or just what I would call your average Joe or Jane, I guess. Uh, When we face a crisis, it's so uh, critical how we handle that, and that's what we're going to look at uh, tonight. There's a king by the name, and this is one of my favorite names in all of scripture. Uh, His name is Jehoshaphat. If you're having a kid sometime soon, and if it's a boy, There you go, there's a name for you, Jehoshaphat, the original P-H-A-T fat, right? Jehoshaphat. He's one of the good kings of Judah. It's nice to have more people in the house. I got a little laugh. I didn't get any laugh last week, so anyway. Um, He's one of the good kings, yet uh, his morality and his righteous leadership did not preclude him from facing a crisis. So I'd just like to tell this story, basically, because I've... I've uh, shared it several times, and it's, it's, just, it's better just to tell a story. So this good king gets the word one day that not one, not two, but three armies are gathering together. They're uniting to come against the small tribe of Judah. And he's alarmed. Fear grips his heart, and he does what any good national leader should do. He calls the people to fast and to pray, to seek God's help. And this is what Jehoshaphat does. And the people respond. And it's really neat in the story in 2 Chronicles 20 to see that all the people come together. There's families, there's children that come together. And as a nation, they came to petition God for help. As Jehoshaphat begins his prayer, the first thing that he does is he acknowledges God's dominion rule over all of the earth. We pick this up 
in verse 6 of 2 Chronicles 20. Lord, the God of our ancestors, you are, not, are you not the God who is in heaven? You rule over all the kingdoms of the nations. Power and might are in your hand, and no one can withstand you. So he's really starting from really what I consider a macro view of God. God, you, you're in heaven, you see everything, you reign over all the nations. Power and might are in your hand, no one can withstand you, nothing's too difficult for you. And then he goes on in verse seven, our God, did you not drive out the inhabitants of this land before your people Israel and give it forever to the descendants of Abraham, your friend? So this is really the second rhetorical question that Jehoshaphat poses. What he's basically saying is, he's reminding God, hey, you drove out the people, these giants in the promised land. Now we're in the promised land. We're in Jerusalem, we're in Judah. And you did this. So we would have this land forever. And then he finally ask for God's help. Our God, will you not judge them? In other words, God, will you not defeat them? For we have no power to face this vast army that is attacking us. We do not know what to do, but our eyes are on you. Now there's three components to this, the, the final part of this prayer that I'd like for us to consider tonight. And I would call this the Jehoshaphat prayer. There's the prayer of Jabez. This is the prayer of Jehoshaphat, if you will. And he makes three profound statements. First of all, he confesses, we have no power here. This situation is out of our control. We don't have the power, we don't have the wherewithal to conquer this enemy. We are powerless. So there's confession in what they are not able to do. And second, we do not know what to do. Not only are we powerless, but we are clueless. We, can, we don't have a strategy. We don't have a plan. This is out of our control, and we have no idea what to do. And then he lands on this. But, however, our eyes are on you. You know, when we face adversity whether it's as a nation, whether it's in the world, when we face adversity personally in our lives, in our families, maybe in our businesses, which is certainly a thing in 2020, we can either look down in defeat, in discouragement, or we can look straight ahead and just see the problem we're facing. Or we have a third option with a gaze, that we would land on, that we would commit to. And this is the gaze of Jehoshaphat. That he would lift up his eyes, that he would look up to the Lord for help. I encourage you, if you're facing a challenge tonight, not to look down in defeat, not to look just straight ahead at the problem, but to lift up your eyes. That's what prayer does. That's what we're gonna do in just a few moments. We are going to give you an opportunity to look to God, to lift up your eyes to the Lord. As it says in Psalm 121, I will lift my eyes to the hills from whence my help cometh. My help comes from the Lord. 
And so this is what he did. And then God responds, and this is just amazing. He speaks through a prophet. Can you tell I'm excited about this tonight? I'll, I'll try to calm down just a little bit before the engines rev up. He said, listen, King Jehoshaphat, this is verse 15 of 2 Chronicles 20. Listen, king and all who live in Judah and Jerusalem, this is what the Lord says to you. Do not be afraid or discouraged because of this vast army, for the battle is not yours, but God's. Tomorrow, march down against them. And then it repeats, verse 17, you will not have to fight this battle. Take up your position, stand firm, and see the deliverance of the Lord that the Lord will give you, Judah and Jerusalem. And then he's emphatic, he, he, he says this again, do not be afraid, do not be discouraged. Go out to face them tomorrow and the Lord will be with you. And the people respond, led by the king. They bow down and they worship. So knowing the battle was not theirs, they took that to heart, they believed the word of the Lord. And here's what they did the next day. They appointed men to go in the front of the army, men that were singers, men that had a voice of praise. And that's how they went into battle. They basically formed a men's choir. And they had the men's choir lead in a procession of praise and the army marched forward knowing that the battle was the Lord's and so they led with praise. They led with praise. Now, as they did that, and I think it's important that we are reminded what they sang, because this is like an Old Testament mantra. Give thanks to the Lord, for his love endures forever. Over and over they sang that. I could just hear those, the sound of a mighty men's chorus just lifting up thanks and praise to God. Now, while they're doing this, mind you, while they are praising the Lord, marching toward what they hoped and they had confidence the Lord was going to give them victory, as they're praising, the Lord is already working on the other side of the hill. Now, the strategy of the Lord, and, and if you study battles in the Old Testament, you know that the Lord had different strategies for different battles. This particular battle, super cool, he, he puts two of the armies, unites them against one of the armies. And so these two armies defeat the army that they're going against. And after that happens, then he sets ambushes and then he has the two remaining uh, armies from two different nations face each other and then they start killing one another. They, they start slaughtering one another. So by the time the procession of praise goes over the hill and they see the desert, the flat land, the battle has been won. All of those three armies, they are defeated. They, they are, there's dead men that had their, um, their lives taken from them by another army of another nation. And so all that's left when they get on the other side for the tribe of Judah is to gather up the plunder and mind you, it's not like a little bit of stuff. It takes all of this army three days to gather all of the riches, all of the plunder from these three nations. And that's pretty much the story. But what an amazing story. What an amazing story about how God fought the battle for them even as they praised 
the Lord. Now, I just want to encourage you because the God of history is the God of today. God is still working out and working on battles that we sometimes just think we're facing all alone. But what the Lord would have us to understand tonight, that as we praise him, as we look to him, as we lift our eyes to him, he's working on our behalf. He's working it out for our good. So the very thing that they feared initially resulted in tremendous blessing and victory for them. So tonight, I ask you this, what battle may you be facing that you've been strapping on your shoulders and you've been walking, you know, just trudging along with the weight of a, a burden. Maybe you're facing anxiety. There's a lot of that. I've had moments of that this year. Depression, frustration with your work. Maybe, maybe frustration with your school. There's some of that going around too. Just tired. Maybe just financial stress, COVID-related stress, physical challenges, a variety of types, fear about the future, perhaps fear that's health-related or the health of a loved one. Maybe there's uncertainty about a relationship and you're burdened about it. Could be several different things. I want you tonight to consider your default mode. What Jehoshaphat's default mode was to seek God and then ultimately to praise him. I know for me, if I have an ailment, first thing I do sometimes is call the doctor and try to get an appointment instead of saying, Lord, you're my healer. And sometimes I admit sometimes going to God is not my default. It's not my go-to. It's like maybe my last resort. Here, Jehoshaphat sets a great model for us as believers in Jesus Christ, that we would go to the Lord first. We have an opportunity to do that tonight. As we begin October, this new month, October 1st, with our music and prayer night, I believe the Lord would have me to encourage all of you with these words. Do not be afraid or discouraged, for you will not have to fight this battle this battle is the Lord's. I encourage you to lay down what you've been fighting on your own and welcome God into that equation. He knows what you need. He can deliver you. He fights for you. And it's fitting that we praise him. Which is the second point as I conclude. Commit yourself to praising God until the solution comes. So often we wait until the answer comes, we wait until there's victory, and then we praise God. That's actually anti-biblical. There's other cases, other stories, illustrations in scripture where as we are trusting God to deliver us, to provide the solution, we praise him, confident that he's working on our behalf. And then we just ramp up the praise a little bit more when the answer comes, but we don't start the praise at that point. Our focus tonight is praise. We have songs that the team has selected that sing of the goodness and the faithfulness of God. We're going to pray according to the prayer of Jehoshaphat. 
So we want this, real, this story to really just guide the rest of our time together as we worship. And even as we praise him tonight, my prayer for all of you, those in the room and then those that are watching on the live stream, is that there will be release from that burden you've been carrying, from the battle you've been fighting on your own, and you will release it. It'll be like a balloon. Remember when our kids were small and they would unintentionally lose a balloon and it would go up into the clouds and they would cry and we would try to get them another balloon as soon as possible. But I still have that image of releasing a balloon and that's where when we come to the Lord with confidence that Lord, you're fighting on my behalf, you're working in this situation and so may there be release in our, from the burden that we've been carrying is casting our cares upon him. And may it be as if there was that, a burden was in a balloon and we let go of it and it just lifts from here. And what are we left to do? We're left to sing the praise of God. We're left to glorify him in song, in worship, and then to carry on the praise until the answer comes.